Hi there. We have a favor to ask. If you're enjoying the DLC Live podcast and you're listening on a platform that lets you leave a rating or a review, leave us a five-star rating. Maybe take a minute to write a quick review. It really helps, and we really appreciate it. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to DLC Live, your source for educational and inspirational interviews with mental health experts and advocates from around the world. Now, here's your host, creator of the DLC Anxiety Worldwide Mental Health Community, Dean Stott. Hi, Shannon, are you okay? Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me into your community. I appreciate it. I'm so excited. I'm really excited too. Um, just, to, just to delve into it and get a little bit more understanding of everything that you're doing. Um, so if we can just start from the beginning, Shannon, um, like just a little bit about your own mental health journey, um, why you wanted to, to build your own community on Instagram and just the things that you offer, if that's okay. Yeah, that sounds like a great place to start. So my name is Shannon Jackson. I live in Maine, which is in the United States. It's the most northeastern point in the United States. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And I know that I probably don't look old enough for that, but trust me, I am. <laughs> um, I spent over a decade in therapy. It was incredibly hard for me to figure out the tools that would help me to overcome it. And I feel felt like the more I went to therapy, the more I paid money, and the more I had these sessions, the more frustrated I was getting because I felt like I just wasn't getting what I needed that would help me to get there. And I was spending so much money in the process. And I just felt like if I had somebody that I knew that had already been through this and had overcame it, how invaluable would that be, right? And so I made a promise to myself back then that if I did get to the point where I was able to overcome it, I would help every single person that I could because I know how hard and incredibly challenging it is. So I am now to that point. I actually recovered four years ago. And I'm, yeah, it took a lot of hard work and I'm incredibly proud of myself. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I learned in my journey was you have to commit to you and your mental health and you have to do the work. And that's a huge piece of it. And so I offer all of the tools that helped me uh, to overcome anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia. But I can only teach them to you. You have to want to do the work. So that's a big piece of what I work with people on. Um, I actually use, of course, all my social media platforms to do that. I have a blog. I have videos on my website. Um, I have multiple free guides on my website, but I also have an online course that I just actually launched a month ago. So very exciting. Yeah. Fantastic. And if we, if we can just take it back a little bit, maybe four years ago, and just explain to the community um, at your worst, um, how was the anxiety panic attacks um, affecting you? So can you, can you just uh, elaborate on like the physical and emotional symptoms and if there was any avoidance that happened? 
Yeah, so I would say at my absolute worst, um, I was struggling with panic attacks every single day. It was incredibly hard for me to leave my own house. And I know that this is a really big misconception of agoraphobia, but people that are struggling with agoraphobia aren't always bound to their homes. They do actually leave their homes in some cases. Um, and I was one of those people. And so I was highly functioning. I went to work every day. I went to school. Um, I went to work because I absolutely had to financially and it was like it didn't really have an option. Um, but when I was struggling at my worst, every day was so incredibly hard, mentally draining. I would say the things that consumed me the most were the intrusive thoughts, my fears, and the symptoms. And those are the things that made it so hard for me to overcome it and are the things that took so much hard work. Um, but I can share, <laughs> I can't believe I'm sharing this, but I'm going to because I know that this is the stuff that helps people. Um, I struggled really badly with um, digestive symptoms when I had panic and anxiety. And that was something that was so hard for me because I felt like my entire life then revolved around that one fear. So my fear was that if I had digestive symptoms and I was out in public or at work or at school and I felt sick to my stomach and I had to run to the bathroom or I had to vomit, nobody wants to do that stuff in public. Like that is incredibly hard and can be really embarrassing. So it was a matter of struggling with all of that stuff, but also not sharing it because of the other side of it. It's like incredibly hard and embarrassing to share. So I feel like I struggled with all of those things, but they weren't things that I really talked about. Yeah. So it's no wonder why I struggled for as long as I did, but understandably it is incredibly hard stuff to talk about and share. Yeah, so um, when, you were up, when you were getting these symptoms at work, uh, was there any other physical symptoms you were getting, like um, um, like feelings of on edge or um, hypersensitivity? Any of the classic anxiety symptoms, or did it did it manifest just like in the nausea, digestive area, or, or was it like a combination of different symptoms? Yeah, I wish I could say it was just the digestive issues because that would have been enough, right? Um, but for me, yeah. it was everything under the sun like i would experience the the chest pain the palpitations the sweating um i would have symptoms of dissociation which was really hard for me back then because back when i was experiencing those symptoms i didn't know what the heck it was and i would literally be sitting at work or at school or just in public places and i would all of a sudden feel like I wasn't even in the moment. Like I didn't have control over myself and my mind and my thoughts and what I was doing. And those are the symptoms that are so incredibly hard because you really feel like you don't have control. And then it just spirals and you ultimately convince yourself that you don't have control. And that's when the symptoms get even worse. So it's like this constant cycle. But yeah, honestly, you could name every symptom and I'm sure, you know, <laughs> No, it's I, yeah, I was the same as well. A very similar, similar really occurrence with myself. So I set up the community because um, what helped me get over a panic disorder was one of my close friends. He was a little bit older than me, maybe 10, 15 years older. And he'd actually been through a panic um, disorder. And everything that he was telling me that he'd been through, so all the symptoms that he said that I was getting, he was explaining them like to the T and it was it was it was an incredible relief like you said when you hear other people sharing 
what you're going through when you're isolated and you think that you're the only person who's going through this it is it, it can be one of the most yeah one of the best feelings and it really was for myself um so that's why i started the community very similar to to what you're saying um when i overcame the panic disorder i thought how many people can i give this vital information to because there's only so much you can do when you go to the doctor they can give you the tools um, but actually speaking to someone who's actually been through it, come out on the other side, I think there is nothing more valuable than that. Um, so I can really relate to what you're saying there. Um, if we're just talking about um, when you was getting the anxiety and panic uh, when you were at work, um, what would you say the first thing that helped you start to overcome it or start to see light at the end of the tunnel was it a certain doctor was it a psychologist or was it certain tools that you were using at the time yeah i would say probably the first tool that honestly helped me significantly was to share what i was going through and and it was so incredibly hard right because you're experiencing things that you feel like nobody else is going to understand nobody is going to know what i'm going through or they are going to think that i'm absolutely crazy and that was always my thought i did not want to share anything that i was going through with anyone because i felt like i hit it so well and by hiding it i was protecting myself um but i was hurting myself i was hurting myself so badly by not sharing that stuff because once i started sharing people were so supportive for the most part and a lot of people shared with me that they were struggling with similar things and similar symptoms and like oh yeah i have anxiety i'm on medication and i was like oh my gosh i can't believe it took me this long um but it really took sharing the hard stuff like not just saying i'm struggling with anxiety and panic that's hard but share the actual stuff that you're experiencing the symptoms the physical mental emotional like the weight that you're carrying you've got to get all of that out because otherwise it just perpetuates and causes more symptoms yeah definitely and again something i can relate to as well going through uh, anxiety and having having panic uh, attacks panic uh, like like induced amounts of increased anxiety um, it was always helpful if 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 I was if I was with one of my friends or out there with someone just to be able to get it out of my mind and, and tell them the symptoms. Um, it, it's almost yeah, it's getting out of here and getting it out to somewhere else. So I often say, if you don't have someone there, journaling is a good idea as well. Anything that can get the intrusive thoughts and the irrational thinking away from consuming the mind to someone else is a great relief yeah oh definitely i can tell you my big thing was riding in cars i hated riding in cars with people like public transportation was out of the question um but i had to ride in cars with people sometimes and i don't know about the people in the chat you can definitely comment but for me it was hardest when i was a passenger i needed being a passenger because it was even more so that feeling of I wasn't in control and that's where a lot of my symptoms and the thoughts and everything came from was me convincing myself that I wasn't in control and it was using the tools like sharing what I was going through that helped put me back in control so that was one of the things too that helped me the most was realizing you know really taking that time that once I started sharing things and once I started sharing my thoughts and really starting to challenge my thoughts I realized 
no, I'm actually in control. Like it might be really embarrassing to tell somebody like, hey, you have to pull over. I need to get out of the car or we need to go somewhere where I can go to the bathroom, like just silly stuff like that. But it's so hard. But those are the things like you've got to take those small steps and push yourself. That way it doesn't take even more control over you. No, definitely. And what, what were the what were the thoughts that you would get specifically uh, when you're in the passenger seat? What, what was it that you were specifically scared of? Was it um, the driver losing control? Was, it, what was, the, was there a certain trigger? Yeah, for me, it was really just feeling trapped. Like I convinced myself that I was trapped and that I couldn't get out. And that's like, it wasn't just in cars, but that's where it was heightened the most for me. But I would be at work, school, any place that I walked into, I knew exactly where every exit was imaginable, just in case I felt like I needed to get out. And so I think for me, a lot of it was feeling trapped. Um, but also too, I would say, when I had all those thoughts and I was experiencing all that stuff and I did share it with people, sometimes I had bad experiences where I feel like people said the wrong, wrong things, really unkind things or unhelpful things. And so those moments definitely made me feel like, okay, maybe, maybe I can't share it. Maybe this isn't helpful. And maybe like I am crazy and people just aren't going to understand, but I would say um, definitely I learned very quickly the people that would support me and help me to overcome it. And those were the people that I needed in my life. And all the other people, unfortunately, they weren't healthy relationships and I had to move beyond those. But um, that's a whole other topic in, in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's a, really, it's a really important topic. Like you say, surrounding yourself with positive people who will bring out the best in you, who will support you. Uh, when you need need to be supported and even the, some of the best people some of the best support is someone just being there and letting you share your experience with without passing any judgment of trying to fix the situation just going back to the dismissal do you remember any of the any of the advice or any of the dismissals um, th that you had back there yeah, so my husband will probably kill me for sharing this, but I'm going to share it because it's a really good example. Um, we were dating and he had never experienced what I had experienced, had never had a panic attack, didn't know what it was like. And so oftentimes he would say all of the wrong things and he wasn't doing it to be malicious, of course, but he just didn't understand. And that's sometimes the other piece of it is like you having to help people to understand what you're going through in order for them to actually be able to be supportive. Um, but he would say things like, I don't understand, you just need to relax, or you're overthinking it, just calm down. Or literally he would say sometimes, just don't be anxious. And it's like, <laughs> you wanna look at people and literally strangle them because I'm like, you, it's not something that I can just turn off. And I wish, if it were, trust me, I would flip that switch and I would move on with my day. Um, but it's, it's, it's not like that as, you know, many people know and experience, but um, I've definitely had people that just haven't been willing to to understand and want to work with me and help me. And that's okay. Like I said, that's where I really understood that like the unhealthy people in my life and the unhealthy relationships were definitely adding to the anxiety, panic, and agoraphobia, and I needed to move on from some of those relationships. Uh, yeah, and I, I definitely relate to everything that you're saying there. And I definitely, I definitely, I don't know if you agree, but I definitely believe that 
I want the dismissals um, and lack of education definitely does tend to come from people who haven't been through an anxiety disorder. Um, I've never come, I don't know if you have uh, personally, but I've never come across someone who's been through the experience and been dismissive because, yeah, I just don't think that'd be possible. Um, so, like you said, I think the psychoeducation, education, so the communities like we have on Instagram, like your website, like your course, I think for people who were who are starting to, to develop these symptoms that they might not have experienced before. Like you said, they might not have shared these experiences with friends, colleagues, family. I think that psychoeducation side is very important. Um, and often the key to, to really start that journey of recovery, uh, we're getting to learn the symptoms, getting to learn the anxiety, um, although it's very, very uncomfortable, it's always temporary. Uh, it will always pass and it's a condition that's very treatable and manageable. So I think uh, trying to, to just put, trying to put everything into perspective is really important. Now, I know you wanted to speak about some of the obstacles regarding panic, anxiety, agoraphobia. Um, now, I know you work with people as well, but from a personal point, what would you say the biggest obstacles on your journey to recovery was? Yeah, undoubtedly the things that I mentioned before, my thoughts, my fears, and the symptoms. Those were to me the biggest obstacles, and I've worked with many people in my community that have reiterated this, that they feel like those are the things that, that are really stopping them from moving forward, and those are the things that that, that are huge and make it really hard. And like, what are the tools that can actually help me? So what I aim to do is help people understand. I know from my community, the majority of what I've heard is the symptoms are the hardest. Like if I could just get the symptoms to turn off, whether they're the mental, physical, or emotional symptoms, if I could just get those to go away, like I would be able to work through this. And I think this is where I try to remind people that I know sometimes you feel like your symptoms are coming out of the middle of nowhere or that you know they're happening with no real reason behind it. There's always a cause of the symptoms and it's not usually just anxiety. It's not like, oh, I'm just having these symptoms because I have anxiety. And that's what I used to think. I really used to convince myself, like I'm just having all these symptoms because I have anxiety and I just have to live with this and I have to learn to manage it. And I think that's something that I really wanna change the mindset of many people in the anxiety community. Like I did not wanna learn how to manage anxiety, panic, and agoraphobia. I wanted to learn how to push past it and overcome it. Like to heck with giving me tools that was gonna help me to manage it. Like I didn't wanna live with it. Um, so for the symptoms, I would say specifically, like I tell people the main causes of symptoms, right? Are your thoughts, your lifestyle decisions and your diet. And I think those are things people don't always register. It didn't register with me that like, those are components that drive the symptoms. They either cause the symptoms or the symptoms can be perpetuated by those things. So I feel like that's another big aspect that when people hear that, they start making all these connections and they're like, oh my goodness, I can totally see that. Um, but people often don't, don't think of that stuff. So I think that's where you said, you know, the education piece is huge because there are so many things like you don't learn in therapy just because you have 
you're experiencing all of this stuff, right? And you're going to therapy. I was going twice a week because I feel like I had so much to work through. And you only get such limited amount of time. And you're hoping that that person is going to be able to give you everything you need. And unfortunately, I think in many of those cases, unless you have experienced it yourself, it's really hard to know what to tell people in that short of time frame what's going to work for them. Um, I don't know, Dean, if you've had that experience with symptoms, like figuring out where your symptoms were actually coming from and that they just weren't happening, happening out of the middle of nowhere. Yeah, well, I, I was just going to say, um, diet is, is often one that, that, that's overlooked completely when it comes to anxiety disorders, but as you as you well know that the the gut the the stomach the digestive system is is often referred to almost as the second brain. So what we eat really is important when it comes to anxiety. Uh, serotonin, obviously, we know is formed within the um, within the stomach. Would you say that um, how was your diet when you was going through a panic disorder, and what did you have to adapt or change? And also, yeah, what positive things did you see from, from changing the diet? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, I made huge changes to my diet. I know that some people say, like, making small changes to your diet will really help you. When I feel like literally the smallest change to your diet is like, that's going to be really hard. Like, I don't want to cut out coffee or dairy or whatever it might be. Um, the big things for me were caffeine. I had to completely take it out of my diet. It was something that I could literally directly correlate to panic. Like I would have caffeine and I just knew as soon as I consumed it. Sometimes it would take like a half hour to an hour and then I'm like, nope, this I can't do this anymore. But at one point my body was so used to the caffeine, like I would say 10 years ago, I literally lived off of coffee and cigarettes. Like, I don't think I consumed more than like a meal bar in a day. Um, so my body had become so used to it. And I think that's many things with our diet. Like we become so used to consuming certain things that we're like, that's not bothering me. When in reality, if you start to reduce the amounts that you're taking in of caffeine or other things, then your body has the time to register of like, oh my goodness, this really is some of the cause of some of these things and why I'm not feeling great. Um, but a huge thing for me and back to my digestive issues was dairy. Like I learned that I cannot eat dairy whatsoever. And I know that many people that struggle with anxiety struggle with IBS. And so that was a big one for me. Like I eliminated dairy from my diet. I did not look back. I will never go back to it. And I can't tell you what an anxiety reliever that was in and of itself. And did you just, when you say you, um, you did you reduce it or did you just cut everything dairy out? So I reduced it. It was like over a span of time. It's a really hard thing to take out of your diet, right? Like it's delicious. Um, so I did it in small steps, um, but I learned the hard way. So like I would definitely take it out of my diet. I would cheat a little bit and then I would have those symptoms. I would have to go to the bathroom. I would sometimes get sick and I was like, why am I doing this to myself? So I did it gradually, but ultimately I was like, yeah, nope, I've got to cut it out completely. It just it makes sense. Like, why am I doing this to myself? Because sometimes when I would experience those symptoms, I would think and I'm like, yeah, I just had pizza. Like, what is wrong with me? Like, I know exactly what's causing these symptoms. So um, that was a big one for me, dairy. 
Yeah, definitely. And uh, caffeine, like you say, is we know that it can increase the heart rate, cause ir irritability. Um, and yeah, it's very addictive as well. I'm sure you agree. Um, like you say, because it becomes that much of a routine, um, the amount of caffeine and uh, sugar, obviously, is another bad one. Um, but yeah, it becomes that addictive that it, it can actually be hard to, to just stop uh, taking caffeine, uh, even when you know that it, it's the root cause of a lot of the anxiety. So uh, definitely, obviously, well done on doing that. And what sort of, obviously, I don't want to go too much into because you've got a course and everything and uh, okay. I, I really want to, um, everyone to go and check out your website and the course. Uh, I really think they'll get a lot out of it because, like you say, your personal experience of going through it, I think that's it, it's just something that's really special. But what would you say, what would your advice be to someone who may have not the best of diet, uh, but they do want to start um, making these small changes at first? What advice would you give them to, to like get the ball rolling? Yeah, I my best advice, honestly, is to start a food diary. Like, it doesn't need to be anything complicated. I know that many people, I think that the benefit is many people already know sometimes, like, the top things, like we discussed, caffeine, alcohol, dairy, gluten for many people. Like, those are sometimes the top things that can really affect people. So I always tell people, if you know already that there's something that affects you and you're just really not wanting to cut it, cut it out of your diet, start small. You've got to just take small steps, reduce it a little by little. You don't need to set like a goal date of when you'll eliminate it from your diet altogether, but just slowly eliminate it from your diet. And I think having a food diary helps you so much, just literally writing down what you're eating every day. And then that way you can go back and say, did I feel good? Did I not feel good? What might be contributing to the symptoms that I'm having? So it doesn't need to be anything complicated. I know that like there's so many apps and all that stuff now for this, which are, might be helpful. Um, but I don't think you need to overly complicate it. I think there are the top ones that you can definitely look at and see if there's opportunity there and just take small steps. Exactly. And it's almost a form of CBT. Why you say um, writing down um, everything you're eating and then evaluating how the day's been like you said so was i anxious when i ate this i didn't have as much of this i was less anxious and really seeing it on paper as well can make it more uh, motivating to continue as well so i think that's really good advice uh, just regarding where you are now obviously you've got the the course you've got your website you've got all your other social media um outwards um, would you say that you uh, suffer well that you get anxiety like occasionally or would you say that you when was the last time you had a panic attack for example um yeah whereabouts are you on your own journey yeah so this is where i really want to encourage like the shift in mindset and people ask me this question so much of like when's the last time you had anxiety or when's the last time you had a panic attack I honestly cannot tell you the last time I had a panic attack. It was years ago. I shared on one of my Instagram <laughs> stories that I, I don't know if you're familiar with ticks. They're like the little bugs that can sometimes like embed in you. I don't know. We have them where I live. I literally had like a full blown panic moment because I was like, oh God, I can't get this thing off. But I would say, honestly, people have everyday normal anxieties, right? Like 
I hate to use that word normal. So let me just say everyday anxieties. Like there are things in life that are going to cause anxiety. And that's like a healthy amount of anxiety. Like anxiety has a purpose. It's there to keep you safe in some ways. Um, but there is such a thing as unhealthy amounts of anxiety. And that's what I want people to understand is when I say I've recovered and I no longer experience anxiety, panic, agoraphobia, and I haven't for four years, I truly haven't. Like I have anxious moments now, but they're healthy amounts of anxiety and I'm able to work through them and push past them quickly and just move on with my day. But that takes a lot of practice um, and a lot of tools and like really just learning what works for you and like never letting that stuff go. Because for me and my journey, I had to depend on those tools. And I knew that if I just went back into old habits, you know, two years after recovery, I would have gone right back to where I was before. So I've had to maintain, you know, a certain lifestyle and and the tools, like I use them literally every day. And this is what I teach people. I Everything that I teach is still stuff that I do to this day because I don't ever want to go back there. Um, but again, I would say, you know, the biggest thing I tell people is, there's a healthy amount of anxiety and there's an unhealthy. You can get to the point where you're only experiencing healthy amounts of anxiety and you're able to work through them in a healthy way. Yeah, I, th I think you really summed that up in a, in a fantastic way, Shannon, to be honest, because a lot of people, there is a misconception between anxiety and an anxiety disorder. What people say, how can I stop this anxiety? Well, if, if we stopped all anxiety, that'd be a big, big problem because um, it's part of our emotional system and it's part of our survival system. People with lower amounts of the healthy, normal anxiety, as you call it, actually die sooner. Um, so speaking to a psychotherapist who said they've done studies on this, that people, with, if they don't have this normal amount of anxiety that stops them from from the from the risk taking then um they can actually yeah cut short their life so i think um it's really important to say that anxiety is always going to be there um but it's re it's 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 something that's there to aid you that's positive and can help you in certain situations and it's a big difference from an anxiety disorder which is something that affects you on a daily basis and it can change your routine, you can stop socializing, it can make you isolated, it can um, obviously um, cause depression and other mental um, health uh, problems. So there is a big difference there, and I think you really summed it up well. Um, just for, just, well, firstly, I'd like to say thank you for, for coming on, Shannon, and sharing your experience, sharing the knowledge, and uh, what I saw a lot of the comments of people relating to everything that you were saying, especially the driving anxiety, or what people saying that uh, as a passenger, they feel anxious as well, that, that aspect of not being in control. Um, if, if people want to um, delve more into your community, where, where's the best place for them to start? And how can they, how can they see more information about the course and, and your website, for example? Yeah, definitely head over to my social media page at A Healthy Push. And that's honestly the best starting point because I give daily tips um, on my social media. And I have my website linked right there. Like I said, I have my blog. I have 
a fun quiz that you can take that'll help you determine which tool that you should start using today to reduce anxiety and panic, um, and videos, many other things. So definitely my social media is the best place to start. And I like to connect with people as much as often. Um, so I would say start there. And um, I really appreciate your time, Dean, and letting me connect with you and your community. And I just want to remind people, like the biggest thing to keep in mind is you've always successfully worked through every anxious and panicky moment. And I know that it doesn't always feel successful, but you have always done it. So it means that you are capable and you can overcome it all. No, I think that, that, that that's perfect wording. Um, and also uh, just regarding that quiz that you said, where, where can you where can you see the quiz? Is that on your Instagram, is it? So the quiz is right on my website. So as soon as you go to the website, yep, it's right on the front page. You can take that. It's really fun. And I tell people, take it more than once. Like there, there are tools on there that will help you. Um, but it's a really fun way to, to learn more about your disorder and what might help you. That's wonderful. And regarding the course that, um, that you offer as well, is that on the website as well? Yep, my course information is on my website. Um, there are two options for the course. So one is you just get the full course and you can hit the ground running um, and you get support from me through my Facebook group. Um, I do lives, I answer questions. And also there's another course option where you can get all of that, plus you can work with me on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So um, right now, through the end of December, my course is only 170 or 197, sorry, for the first option. And the second option to work with me is 297. So this is through December and I highly recommend it. It's just like I said, you know, working with somebody that has been through this stuff and can really understand and know what will help you. Um, it's priceless no definitely and just i think your instagram name is fantastic where did you get the idea of a healthy push yeah so it honestly came from my mom like <laughs> my mom did not quit like she struggled with agoraphobia when she was younger and so i think there's definitely a genetic component there but my mom did not ever let me give up. And she was the annoying mom that was constant and that you will overcome this and you won't struggle with this forever. And she just kept pushing me. And as much as some days I wanted to throw her off a cliff, um, she did ultimately help me to overcome it. So I just wanna be there and give everyone that healthy push that they need to get to the place that they wanna be. No, that's wonderful. Well, yeah, thank you very much, Shannon, for, for your time. Thank you for, for explaining everything regarding your experience and everything that you you offer and um yeah just everyone head over to shannon show her the support from the platform and it's really interesting to see i'll also do a swipe up to the to the quiz for everyone as well if you want to take it out there that sounds really interesting as well shannon so yeah thank i hope you. you enjoy the rest of your day and and thank you very much for for being a part of the whole mental health community Yes, thank you. I appreciate it, Dean. Have a good day. And you, Shannon. Take care. All right, bye. Bye. You've been listening to DLC Live. Be sure to follow Dean on Instagram at DLC Anxiety. Check our website at dlcanxiety.com and grab yourself a copy of our latest book, Untangle Your Anxiety, on Amazon today. See you next time.